Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Time for Spectre and Stoffer, brought to you every Tuesday by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, 7,000 men and women that are employed in the horse racing industry. And a reminder that live racing every uh, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday night, Saturday day, and Sunday day out at uh, Century Mile. Hello, Mr. Spectre. What's going on, Bobby? Yeah, pleased uh, that Keith Gretzky stayed on board? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there needs to be some continuity. And uh, let's face it, I think that his department, I want I don't want to be one of those I got my guy kind of people, but I think he had his guy. His work with the Oilers was good. Yeah, I, you know, obviously I think there's, uh, judging by what we're getting on our Heartland Ford text line at 6.30, 6.30, there's a confidence level in what Keith did on the amateur scouting mm-hmm. uh, side. All I would tell you is if for anybody who's not met him, uh, he's a humble guy, devoid of ego, and he treats people well. And um, He reminds me a little of Jim Benning. Just the way he carries himself, the who the guy he is. Yeah. He's that's that hard working. Is that working in Vancouver, Jim Benning, do you think? Well, it, it, to me, it should be because he's putting together great prospects. Every time he goes to the draft table, he steals a real good one. So that market has had some big personalities in that role. Yeah, he's and not is, Brian Burke. He's right. not Brian Burke. And <laughs> and like I kind of look at Jim Benning and go, I think he knows what players are. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you t- Elias, oh, yeah. Elias what, what the hell do we call him? Pedersen, Peterson, I don't know. Jack calls him Peterson. Look, every uh, guy has a, uh, has a Yolevi on their resume. You, you wrote about one today. Yeah, so we drafted gonna, a lot of players. Yeah. And, and, but uh, listen, look at the talent. Look at the young talent oh, that's and flowing they, through Vancouver yeah, well, under Jim Benny. What more did they want with the team that Mike Gillis left behind? Come on. Yeah. Well, and we had people here that wanted Mike Gillis. We're pushing hard for Mike Gillis to be uh, the next general manager of the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. And you couldn't around the league, you could not in, in terms of uh, acquire taste like no one says a bad word about Holland in terms of dealing with him. Uh, there are people will say, "Well, he's past his expiration date." And some all people that. Say some that. people would say that, right? Yeah. But no one would say in terms of his deportment, he was a, a tough guy to deal with, a, a jerk to deal jerk, with. I was right. going to use a yeah. stronger word. 
Uh, and I, I'd say this, Keith Gretzky in the interim did an excellent job dealing with people, being accessible with people, and frankly, the organization needed that because that was not a strength of Peter Shirelli's. Right, and, and, right. and it, 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 fa- it fast-tracked Shirelli's expiration date as the general manager of Edmonton. I also like that, that you have two things. First of all, if Ken Holland is, would he sign a five-year deal? Yeah. Uh, I could very much see Keith Gretzky working for Ken Holland for five years and being the GM, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I would also say to you that I like the role. He's not strictly amateur, right? He's working, he's what? He'll run the Bakersfield team. Yeah. He'll have a hand in amateur. Is that what we understand, Bob? Yeah. And, you know, so he, I mean, Keith Gretzky's the guy, to me, that quiet hockey guy that doesn't, you know, you don't see much of him, right? He's standing in the corner of the rink somewhere. He attends how many games a year would he go to? 125 hockey games a year or better? Maybe more than that. Uh, and he knows the hockey world from edge to edge, and those are the guys you want in your organization. The other thing that I like about Keith is he doesn't BS. If he doesn't know the player, he says, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'll get some more information on is the guy. Like. Uh, you too know, many people, there's three words out there that too many people are afraid to say here in 2019. I don't know, right? People can't just say, I don't know. Yeah. I'll find out. Yeah. They got to pretend like they know even. Like, how the hell are you supposed to know all the players in Europe? You can't know them. Like, I got guys texting me and they're like, there's, uh, I, I got, you know, uh, three times during the season, I had different guys text me about a guy named Leon Bergman. Okay. Out of Germany. Okay. Three times. Guys said, no, I think this guy might be able. He's only like 20 or 21. Okay. This, he's playing in his alone, so he played where Rob. So Rob Dom was one of the guys. So then I talked to another guy who coached in that league this year. You can okay. figure out who. I'm not going to say who it was, but another guy okay. that maybe we bumped into on our travels. Okay. He goes, yeah, he might have a chance. Like at that age, if you could get him back okay, over here. Right. He's already played in the USHL. You know, he's a. So then I watched him during the, the World Championships. Okay. I watched him right. when Germany played, and I was like, I don't think he can play. Like, I'm watching like him. Well, like, okay. he's not making. And then I had another guy call uh, call me about Tiffles. Right. Okay. And I was like, I don't know. Like, he, he was a good scorer in the East Coast League, but didn't really get anywhere with Pittsburgh at all in their organization. Right. And they need young guys. Like, So I watched him a bit, and I was like, you know. And, and the same guy that called me about Tiffles was the guy that called me about Dominic Cahoon. Now, I know for a fact that Leon Dreisaitl went to the Oilers and said, we should look at signing Dominic Cahoon. And he can play, he's playing for Chicago. And he's playing for Chicago, right? He was playing in their top nine all season long. So uh, there was two guys in Switzerland. There was a guy in the KHL. There was a couple defensemen in Sweden. Like, you know, and, and, and... I'm sitting there going, holy crap, like, you know, like, and, and so you sit there and you think to it, so I'm digging it for information, but I here's the thing, when I brought up the names to Keith, I don't know that player. I'd have to get more information on that guy. Right. You know? That's fine. And that's, you Well, know. the other thing is viewings. Like, you know, a lot of guys will watch a game on TV. Like, you happen to catch the German kid that you watched, and he's, who knows who Germany was playing. You, you saw him once. And he had a lousy game. And you go, I don't know, man. No impact on the game at all. That's fine. But do you know if he had the flu that day? Right. Right. Do you know if he flew in from from Belarus that day from a club team? Do you know what's going on? Right. My point is this. The real scouts, the true scouts, it's, it's about viewings. Yeah. Most scouts won't even go see a player. Once. No, no. When the AHL teams play three games in three nights, 
half most of the scouts will take the third night off because there's just no point watching yeah. players and the same thing and, and major junior scouts do the major same major junior same thing so you might see a guy I, I got guys around hockey that every time I saw I'm trying to think of one of the names every time I see him play oh my god he looks like a good player and then the rest of the time he's fairly average I think man I thought this guy was great you know, but sometimes you just are in the building when a guy's good, or you're in the building when he's bad. So got to see him multiple times. We'll go old school on this story. Just about sometimes you don't know. Uh, there were advanced scouts sent out to see Vladislav Trechak okay. when Can- when Canada was getting ready to Team Canada was getting ready to see Trechak play. So they knew they were going to do the Summit Series back in '72. So, so they, they, go. they go to see the guy play a league game. He's terrible. Yeah. Well, it turned out that it was the day after he'd gotten married. <laughs> okay, so he, right? He was a little, you know, and I was like, Did you go? You go. Wait a sec here. Uh, who doesn't go on honeymoon? Well, in 1972 in Russia, yeah, they didn't go out and hunt, and you right. can well imagine Russians in 1972 well, probably married. probably slammed back the probably had a little bit of vodka over the course of the 24 hours. Uh, like Rory McIlroy, did you hear his quote on Sunday? Go for it. Somebody asked him, "Hey, do you wish that the U.S. Open started tomorrow at Pebble Beach?" He says, "No, because I'd be hungover." <laughs> Because he just won the last tournament, well, Canadian Open. Yeah. So, uh, listen, there's a million reasons why. Uh, uh, the other goalie, we should add this one for local flavor, Bob. Uh, Barry Fraser brought Glenn Sather out to see Grant Fear play in Victoria. He was Eight. terrible. Eight goals against that night. Yeah, he was terrible. And then Slot saw him play again. He was terrible. And Slot says, we're not drafting this guy. And Fraser said, yes, we are. <laughs> And as Slats told me one day, he said, I soon came to realize that Barry had seen him 25 times, yeah. and he watches 180 games a year. Yeah. And I should just hire a smart guy like Barry Fraser and let him do his job, which yeah. is what a smart employer does. So, uh, <laughs> did you find his comment interesting when I asked about whether or not he'd look at Cole Caulfield, given the fact that they already have Yamamoto? Yes, I thought that he didn't give you a, a fulsome answer. Like, I didn't think, how would I say... He didn't sound to me like a guy that said, yes, we'll take two guys that size on our team all day long. It doesn't bother me a bit. I think they'll still consider it. What did you get from the answer? Yeah, I don't think he's in their top eight. That's just my own interpretation. Okay. Um, you know what? If you told me he was going to be Debrinket, I'd have drafted him yesterday. Yeah. Oh, they had guys telling them that Debrinket was going to be good. Well, I'm sure they did, and they missed on him. They had guys telling them that Brett Leeson might be worth taking a flyer on in the sixth or seventh round last year, too, right? But and and so that which brings us to a guy and the inexact science that scouting is, <laughs> because you wrote a piece today on Yasapuliyarvi. Yes. So what did Ken Holland say to you about Yasapuliyarvi? Well, a couple things. He said one thing he said that I thought was really interesting was he said the hardest thing to know about a young player when you draft him is when they meet adversity, how are they going to handle it? Because a guy like Jesper Yarvi, he was the best player in his Bantam team, right? He was the best player in his midget team or whatever they call it over there. He was the MVP at the World Junior. You see how big he is? He was never a Bantam. Like, he went whatever right from Pee Wee to... Right. Right. But the point is, he was always... Uh, Connor McDavid, right. uh, all of these guys in the NHL, frankly, Max Domi, you name them, they're always the best player all the way along. They finally get to a point in the National Hockey League or pro or somewhere after you draft them, and they hit adversity. They've never faced it before. And that, Ken said, that's where you really find out. You know, hopefully our guy can handle adversity. And that's where Pogliarvi is. He's met a bunch of adversity, and now we're going to watch him handle it. And I saw him skating yesterday. 
Yeah. Uh, at the community rink downtown. He's in Edmonton. He's here working hard all summer. To me, that tells me he's meeting the challenge, right? Okay. And but, up for it. But where's the agent at? Because you've talked to the agent, too, and you put a tweet out last mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday, and to me, that was a very leading comment by the agent. Yeah, the agent's kind of middle of the road. He's like, well, we got a new GM and coach. That's good, but, you know, it might be time to move on from Edmonton. I'm not sure. Um, the agent isn't all in on Edmonton. I'm not sure about Jesse himself. I want to say this. Two things, Bob. I think Ken Holland, let's say the agent said we want out. Ken Holland would probably explore the trade market. The trade market isn't going to give you much back for Jesse Pugliarvi. No. And I'll tell you this. Ken Holland is not going to trade him for a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Not doing it. So I sense... Scott Housen's been there. Yes, he, he, he had Jurdev. Right. And Jurdev was a more productive player than Pugliarvi was. But they'd spent just as... What did and pick him? What was the overall? Fourth. Right. There you go. And third round pick to Ottawa when he moved him. Okay. And he got ripped for it, and Jurdev was out of the league a year ago. No, Jurdev never played. So in the end, he recouped a third round pick. History tells us Housen made a good play. Now, if you told me the Poyarvi's never going to play, I say trade him right now. Uh, Sam Bennett. You know, Tree Living could have traded Sam Bennett, I'm sure, many times for a fourth mm-hmm. or fifth round pick. I but see. he didn't. Now he's kind of turned he, into a bit of a player again. Well, here's here, to me, here's the difference. When I look at Sam Bennett, when I, when I see Pugliarvi, he's big, he's got the physical tools, there's something not computing and transitioning to the game at the NHL level, right? And he had some traction. And full disclosure here, just so the listeners know, Mark and me are privy to a unique part of our jobs, which at least you were when you were on the broadcast, the broadcasters' meetings. It's the most open forum, no BS, no hold back with one, with one rule. You sit with the head coach, and he, he tells you... Completely honestly, and and at times he and at times he asks you, "Well, what do you think?" No, for sure. And there was some heated comments back and forth. Who, when the last year you were part of that was the seventeen eighteen season, which two players? Because we're going to talk about them today. Which two players did we talk about the most? For Todd McClellan during the course of that no, season. Yeah, yes, Akapov. No, no, no. Was Akapov still there? No, no, he was gone. Paul Yarvey and Lucic. And Those Lucic. were the okay. two guys. So sure. it'd be it would be Jack was there, Drew Remenda, uh, myself, Louis DeBrusque, and you. Yeah. We would be and Kevin Quinn, right? Yeah. So depending upon the games with the Sportsnet guys, Jack and me were always there. Those two guys, we talked about more about Paul Yarvey and more about Lucic than anybody else. And guess what? Change a regime, uh, change a regime, change a GM, change a head coach. Guess what we're talking about on today's show? Yeah. <laughs> Those two guys, two guys. Right? right? Like we're still yeah. talking about. You love to rescue the player in, in Poyarvi, and this isn't a team that's so deep in wingers that they don't have another season here to try to rescue the player. Yeah. Right? There's not three or four better right wingers there. There's no spot for yes. What would you say to the guys out there? And there's a there's a guy in town. Oh, he's got to play in the top six. You just got to yeah, play no, him. In th- that's a recipe for. How about how about maybe what he's got to play is the Oilers got to find a third line center, not a fourth line center, a third line. So that means can't be sorry, you know Kyle Brodzik's great guy, but he can't center your third line. No, he should be your fourth line. He center. should be your fourth line center. He be. So in other words, Pulleyarby's not playing with McDavid, Drysaddle, or Nugent Hopkins because they got to play in the top six. Yep. Those guys. So he's playing third line right wing, and they find a center. 
and that's who he plays with. What would you say to Lot? I think, and leave him there. Like, I think one of the things with with Jesse Pujarvi, it's been constant disappointment. I'm disappointed I'm not on Connor McDavid's wing. Well, now you're on Connor McDavid's wing. Play there for a couple games. I'm disappointed because the coach just told me I'm off of that line. Okay, we're going to sit you with Nugent Hopkins. Oh, that's great. A couple games later, I'm disappointed I'm not on that line. Now I'm with Brodziak. That's disappointing. I'm on the fourth line. Oh, wait. Now I'm in a press box for three games. That's disappointing, too. What they got to do is give Jesse Pujarvi some news, Yesi, here's your sentiment. Here's your spot. We're going to teach you how to play the NHL game, and we're not going to move you out of this you're spot. You're playing third line right wing and second unit Hopefully power play. Games. And in time, you're going to be on the PK. In we'll, time. Give you, we'll give you, earn that stuff later. Yeah. Right now, you get a regular shift on the third line for 82 games. You can earn your way. So do you up, think the relationship whatever. is still salvageable at this stage? Well, I think it is, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it is. But and the new regime helps. Well, it does. It does. The, this, you know, Dave Tippett's going to have to be able to show patience because it will take patience. Yeah. This young player needs to learn how to play. The to me, the centerman, if who does not exist on the Oilers roster right now, is an important acquisition. Well, we'll see where they maybe get that guy from. Important acquisition, Bob. Yeah, we'll see if it's a. Well, obviously, it's either going to be a trade or a free agency pickup or something. If they're going to well, get a guy, it'd be nice in. if he was a finish. Is Sammy Kapanen available? They need a they need a <laughs> they need a right shot third line right uh, shot center. I think good we finish guy. What about uh, one of my favorite one of the guys in those roles, Bob? Remember Sammy Paulson? Yeah, how good he was. Yeah. He was such a good player. He was mean. Yeah, and good, and face off, and kill penalties, and some skill. He was Swedish, by the way. Don't I know, I know yeah. but whatever. Good. Remember player. when he damn near wrecked Jar- Jared Stoll's career? Did he? The second concussion Stoll got on that hit from Paulson. Mm-hmm. If that if that was on our men's league teams, mm-hmm. nah, I know a couple guys. I know a couple guys that would have gone over and cross checked him right in the saddle head for throwing a hit like that. Every good team has that. Player. But the Ducks had the toughest team in the league at that time. Yeah, they so, did. They did. Right? But, but, he was on that line with Niedermeyer and Moan. That was a yeah, tough, that's a tough line. That was when a the tough third were good, line. When the orders were winning cups, Craig McTavish was that guy. Late, uh, uh, yeah, he after. wasn't there initially. Right. Who would have been that guy before? Kenny My, Linsman? Kevin McClellan was Kevin, the third-line center. Center? Yeah, third-line center. Anyway. Come on, uh, you wrote the Battle of Alberta you, book? You didn't. That's a fine, right? You wrote the book. Of course he was a fighters center. were wingers. But the centermen were never fighters. What do you got on you right now? I'm telling you right now he was a center. Texas at 6.30, 6.30. Do you remember McClellan as a center or a winger? Uh, some would argue he wasn't really a third-line center. He's more of a fourth-line center. But, you know, John Madden was that guy. Yeah. Um, Guy Carboneau was that guy, yeah. right? Those, yeah. if you you got to, uh, Manny Mahotra was that guy. Uh-huh. You know who I think that Backlund in Calgary, on a really good team, he's that guy. And back to Paul Yervey. So it's at the 2016 draft, and I'm sitting there, and the Oilers have the fourth overall pick, so we're in the first yep. row of Radio Row. And I look over, and Peter Shirelli goes walking over, and Daryl Cates had just arrived. And then I see Shirelli walk over to Brad Treliving, and mm. uh, Yarmo Kakalainen is there. Okay? And I've got the binox, and I'm trying to read the lips right. of what Kakalainen's saying, yeah. and I realize that Kakalainen walks away, and Shirelli and uh, Trey Levy, and I could have sworn Trey Levy said, looks like we're going to get our guys. And at that, we're going to get our guys. So, and it, so at that moment, that's when I was like, he's not taking Pugliarby third. But right. as you know, the Calgary Flames wanted Pugliarby. They wanted to move up from six to four. And they had off the, the, the story that's out there is that it was Michael Backlund, but Edmonton had to take the last year of Dennis Weidman's contract. 
and which NHL general manager used to represent Dennis Weidman or his firm used to represent Dennis Weidman? Peter Shirelli. So there was this whole circle. I'd taken all of those deals. That's a good deal for the Oilers. They and they, they would have had their third line center. They would have dropped down two yeah. spots. They would not have taken Kachuk. They would have taken Sergeyev. You know, but there's a lesson that they saw Sergeyev and they hadn't seen as much as Paul Yarby because they didn't, well, Mind you, they, I mean, they, there was a chance they could have drafted as high as second in 2016. So Who? the Oilers. Yeah. They could have, before the lottery, they could have drafted. Listen, everyone's different. Uh, the next pick after Pogliarvi goes, Jim Benning goes up. He doesn't take Kachuk either. He takes Ole Olevi, right. who hasn't played a game yet. Yeah. And then Kachuk's there, and at 6, he's the best of the three. You can text us at 630-630. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta. This is Oilers Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector. Here we go. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Uh, uh, Todd in Troshu, Alberta says, Bob, I don't know if McClellan was a center or winger, but I do know he was one tough SOB, a lefty, uh, and he smoked like a chimney. They just don't make him like that anymore. Uh, Brian says, no, Bob, absolutely. He was a third-line center. They got him from Pittsburgh. He could shut down Brian Trotje. Okay. The Don says, uh, Kevin McClellan, Bob, you're right. He was a center, very good center, great shot from the Don. Uh Sweet Daddy says, Speck needs a vacation. McClellan was a center. Trucker Dave, good day. Happy to see Keith Gretzky staying with the team. He's in great position to take this team over in the future. Fun show the other night. No Bob Stoffer sighting from Trucker Dave. I was there. I, I was at the cult. I was I made it to the cult. You went to the cult? Yes, I did. Oh. And to be honest, I was sneaking peeks down because it was, what game was it? Of the uh, game three of the NBA? Yeah, the okay. NBA. You uh, watched game last night? Yes, I did. We'll get to that here in the second hour. There's Let's lots, do that. Lots to hit on there. So that any final comments on Paul Yarby? Um, if you were a betting man, is he here in, in oh, the fall? For, sh- for sure. If I'm a betting man, he signs. Can he sign a two-year deal in the second thing? I believe he can. Yes. I signs a two-year deal, and there's a handshake deal that he, says... Mark, he can sign a one, two, three, right. five, six, eight. Sure. He can go up to eight. He ain't going there. I, yeah. I think he signs a two-year deal. I think that there's a handshake between all the parties involved that says you're getting that 82-game shot. We're leaving you in this. We're going to work this the way we spoke about in the last segment, Bob. Okay. And if after the season it hasn't worked out for everybody, we'll, we'll trade you okay. next summer. Okay. We'll take your word for that. That's what uh, I think. That's uh, Well, you talked to the man, so you got you. No, he didn't tell me that part, okay. but I'm saying that. All right. Uh, we're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector. This is the Winners Now. Winners now, Bob Stoffer with you. Winners now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630 with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. One of the largest volume Ford dealers in the province. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, at 135 we'll go to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline when we hook up with Hacks with Hags. Joe Haggerty. Game 7 Stanley Cup Final tomorrow. Boston and St. Louis. 
And what what a run it's been for the teams in Boston. Mark Spector is in studio. Spector and Stoffer for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta remind you, new Century Mile Racetrack and Casino now open Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sunday days. All right, Spec. Uh, we've talked enough about Paul Yarvey. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Milan Lucic. Folks should just go to sportsnet.ca and read my piece on Paul Yarvey. There we go. Then they can just take the conversation where they wish. Brendan, can you tweet out Speck's <laughs> uh, average written piece on uh, Yes, a Paul Yarvey? Uh, you for won't it. find the average ones. It's only under the good category. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not like the guys in the athletic that got... Uh, there's three different ratings and the bottom, and, yeah. the, and one of them's meh and meh meh. Do you know how many times I've responded yeah. meh to the various writers? Just kidding. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Milan Luch. This, this whole thing. Now, first of all, we preface this by saying Elliot Friedman came on the show Friday and said the Oilers had looked at uh, James Neal. James Neal's name is out there. Obviously, had a very difficult first season in Calgary. He's got four years left in his deal at five point seven five million. Lucic, uh, his name is out there. He's got four years left at six million dollars. Uh, Louis Erickson's got three years left at $6 million. He's 34 and has publicly uh, criticized his head coach, Travis Green, who I don't know about you, Mark, mm-hmm. but I think he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, so as the a, guy that's that's not getting the ice time he wants is going to criticize the coach. That's The veteran player. The veteran player, that's right. So, what's the question? All right, here you go. I'm going to wind Which up and throw, I'm gonna throw a fastball okay. right at okay. you. Number one, can you trade Lucic to Calgary? Um, well, given given some of the personalities they have, we all know what happened in the first game between the two teams. Why did that not happen in the final three games? Edmonton's Edmonton's only, frankly, over the last couple of years, advantage over the Flames has been physicality. They're bigger and stronger and tougher. Yeah. And the Flames, you can tell the Flames know that. What's the? I don't even know what the record well, is. The Oilers won, won seven straight games starting the 16-17 season. So Leachish's first year. They won every game that year between the two right. teams. Uh, and then they won the first cup. When Maroon was still here and Lucic, yeah. they'd, they'd won they'd won like seven in a row. And they then, pushed Calgary around. And, and I think one thing. This, this year, I think, I think it was. Was it a split? No, they I only won the last one that didn't matter, but they did. Oh no, no, the Edmonton won two. The, the yeah, it was a split. The Oilers yeah. won two. So, the one thing I mean to bring it down to a boil, Matt Kachuk doesn't uh, tend to pull the stuff against Edmonton. He pulls against other teams. All right. So the argument: so, first game of the year, first Matt game of the year, Drysital, you know, went after you know Drysital basically. It was it was a slew foot. He got his foot behind him and he dropped Kachuk on his ass. And Kachuk knows how to throw himself yep. around to draw calls. And he slew footed him. So he and and Leon side. got all of them and dumped them on it. And he dumped. And he should get a penalty. And he got a penalty. And then you know. And then Kachuk took another run at Drysaddle in a scrum. And Drysaddle knocked him squared up that time on the butt. And Kachuk got up and face washed Connor McDog piled on a Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Cassian went after Kachuk. Then in the third period at the end of the game. Uh, Kachuk again in a scrum came around on McDavid and face raked him. Okay, and then Lucic saw it and got Kachuk on the ice, got his glove off, and pressed down on the Adam's apple with his thumb. Hmm. And I know what was said, and frankly, I've had that said to me before, huh? once, once by Todd Ewan. And I can tell you, it makes a guy stop wanting to do it. Well, do you? Do and, you hang on to a particular player for five games against an opponent? Do not trade him to that organization because yeah. it might give him 
Do you think Neil's a better player at this stage than Lucic? Who knows, right? If, you know, I think that I look at Neil and think if I put him with the right sentiment, I might turn him back into a 25-goal guy, and that's more value. I don't think Lucic is ever going to be that guy. Text us at 630-630. Heartland 4 text line. Would you rather have A, Lucic, B, Neil, or C, Erickson? I'd take Erickson. you take Erickson. Yeah. Why? Less left in his contract, does more things. Um, listen, we're picking between three guys whose careers are all in jeopardy, so no one's predicting a great player, but I would take Erickson over the three. Oilers now wants to know, what would you do if you were general manager Ken Holland? Again, uh, would you just keep Lucic? That would be option A. Option B uh, would be to get James Neal out of Calgary. Did I screw up the? Yeah, no, it was a. It was a Lucic, B Neil, C R. Use the name. Just whatever. Just use the name. Let us know here. We'll we'll do an unofficial so, survey. So now we'll we'll get the listeners to decide who they like. Do you think that Milan Lucic will be an Oiler when training camp opens in September? I'm not sure. Come on. What do you think? Do better than that. Uh, okay, I'll say forty sixty. How's that? Forty sixty that he will. That's like that's like saying I don't know. I don't know. Well, pig, give me a pig. I'm not Ken Holland, but <laughs> I'll say I don't know either. Sixty percent chance he's gone. I've got gone. the cojones to say I think he'll be gone, Bob. Okay, well, good for you. <laughs> you don't work for the team. <laughs> I do work for the team. And uh, this is why I think. Listen, this isn't a trade anyone's winning. Okay, you're just changing. I think that Ken Holland wants to have as much change as he can. Yep. Uh, you're not going to get a, a, you know, very likely not going to get a less valuable player. And he might not be as tough, but he'll score a little more. He might not throw as many hits, but he'll skate a little better. I think they'll make a change. I think if okay. he can, he'll yeah. make a change with Lucic. And, and again, I think it's 40-60. If I was to do a predictable on it, I'd say 40% chance he remains, 60% he's gone. Well, the uh, question is to find a deal that... Anybody right. makes sense of. And if he is gone, I'd say 80% it's one of those two options. And then the other 20% is something that we have absolutely. Calgary or Vancouver, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, listen, it's or in L.A. Well, he's not going to L.A. because Todd McClellan's there, and, and I think that those two, Todd McClellan has had Lucic and would not want him there. Right. So Text us at 630-630. Let us know. All right. We're going to switch focus. What would you watch last night? Because I know what I did. I watched basketball game like every other good Canadian sports fan. All right. Now, are you a, like, here's the thing. And I'll, and I'll be honest, like as I sat there and watched the cult on Friday night with uh, a couple of yard apes, uh, Darcy and Tyler, and I, we all had our heads down in our phones because we were following the score mm-hmm. to get the score updates of the basketball game. Like, as the series has gone on, I wanted Toronto to win more. Okay. Sure. Um, are you ba- like, well, is the whole country behind the team right now? Do you I think? think Rob Dijkowski summed it uh, up. That was funny. That was funny. His- always serial funny tweets that he sends out. He goes, hey, I've been a Raptors fan for like two weeks now. When do we get a championship? <laughs> and I think most of Canada, much of Canada is like that. Yeah. However, uh, I know that my sons are huge Raptors fans all year long, not just now, and, and yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. My son Rudy has been wearing Raptors gear for it's 10 fun- years. It's funny that you go online and check out YouTube and CBC pushing the multicultural angle with the support of the team, and that is the nature of Toronto. I mean, Toronto might be one of the most culturally diverse cities on the yeah. planet. Sure. It is also a very Toronto-centric city when it comes to the rest of Canada. We all know that exists with that team. All right, to the game last night. Hmm. Uh, 
I watched the ABC broadcast over the Sportsnet's broadcast. Sorry, Spec, but I okay. I want to watch those guys. Uh, they made a bigger deal of the reaction of the fans on the Kevin Durant injury, I think, than the guy. My wife was watching the Sportsnet broadcast downstairs. I was up in the okay. bonus room watching yes. the ABC broadcast. Um, was it over the top, the reaction of the fans on the Durant injury? Or did they not understand the – was there a lack of understanding or is that a byproduct of a city that hasn't had a major championship? It just happens in every town. It's yeah. a heated series. There's been so much talk about Durant coming back. He comes back. He lasts a quarter. It appeared he had re-injured the same injury. We would learn much later that it's a new injury. And a much more severe injury. I'm probably going to guess, as I'm not a doctor, but he probably doesn't wreck the Achilles if he doesn't already have the calf injury. Sure. You know, so the point is – is there's going to be fans who go, ha ha, you shouldn't have played, you thought you could, you can't. So you're going to give them the, the break. You get a bit of that. Because it this was. Isn't a, a, this isn't Curry breaking his leg at, at center court and everyone laughing at him. This was, there was more dynamic. When we were in Calgary at the end of the year, when Mark Giordano, who mm-hmm. has injured three or four yeah. players over because he plays sure. right to the edge, uh, you know, McDavid yeah. got hurt. McDavid got there was a pull in oh, that, yeah. and you're talking to the game, like it, it was wrecked like, the game. It wrecked the game. It wrecked like, the game. Everybody's like, let's just get this. The thing. players all backed off. The yeah. Flames totally backed off. Right. The fans became disengaged. All the other fans there were just sitting there worrying. Right, uh, and still it, are. May it, I? It add? wrecked the game. Yeah. <laughs> McDavid so, got hurt. <laughs> so, and good game tell And you know, they're with with all due respect to McDavid hasn't accomplished what Durant has in his career because Durant has won. But Durant is seen as a top, you know, three he's to five. One of, the great he's one of the great players in the league, and so is McDavid. Ah, listen, man, Canucks fans can't be um, blanket described or, or sure, by enough. 2011 riots. Habs fans aren't the people that were tipping cars when they won a cup, right? Or booing the U.S. anthem. Or booing the U.S. anthem. Oilers fans have booed the U.S. anthem. Yes. No one considers them to be like the few boors who actually did that those days. Right. So listen, Most of us would prefer being that, that fo- you know, Brett Kissel in 2017 and that rye smile on Ryan Kessler's uh, and just, just this is the one thing that I always tell Americans. Just remember, there was no words in the building. They knew your anthem. Yeah, right. They knew your anthem, yeah. right? And they sang your... They and that picked was it really cool. And it was a really cool moment. So, sure. so uh, you know what? Don't define all Toronto's fans by... Sure, I'm with you. Like I, but I will say on ABC, there was a... They li- made a bigger deal of th- Than I thought was necessary. Yeah, that's because... Got a feel. Did you, what did you think of the GM afterwards? Ah, a little bit over the top for yeah. me. I mean, yeah. the guy, listen, Kevin Durant. The other part that I thought was a little much was the inference that everyone forced poor Kevin Durant to play. Kevin Durant's the, been around a long time. Those guys want to pro. And they want to play. He plays because he wants to play. They want to play. He knows he can't play. He says, I don't care what the doctor Balls says. Balls up, playing. baby. They're not playing. Right. So he plays because he wants to play. He yep. gets hurt. It's unfortunate. It's not the doctor's fault. Did. Is this going to be a game? Well, that's where I want to go next. Did Nick Nurse blow it? They're sitting there. Uh, Kawhi is on fire, 10 straight Calls points, shooting the lights out. You got the. To me, it looked like Golden State was on the. I saw those, the sports numbers. Out. Spec, 93.7% chance of closing the game out when you lead by six with that amount of time left in the game when he called really? the timeout. Yeah, that's so, big. That's big. Is this. Did they blow it here? No, I th- I have more confidence that the Raptors will win today than I would have had 24 hours ago. 
and this is why they missed they were I don't know what the numbers are they're horrendous from the field overall they yeah. were even worse from three point yeah. shooting distance uh, oh uh, oh Golden State was absolutely red hot on fire. Yeah, they were lights out. Lights out. I mean, they had everything going for them. Toronto had nothing going for them. And in the end, they were one shot by Kyle Lauer away from winning that game. They're not going to play a lot worse than that. Yeah. Golden State's not going to play a lot better. And you lose by one. And they've, lo- and they've lost Durant. And Durant's back out again, and he's done. To me, I've got absolutely full confidence that they'll win the next game. Got to say something. Got to give Golden State some credit, though. Down by six, after you know, in that situation, and they pulled themselves. Yeah, they did. They got to. Hey, they've been in. This is their sixth straight final. Fifth, 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 fifth straight final. final. So they've been there. They know what they're doing. And they they got a champion. They got a championship chin. Like yep. that, they could take a shot. We yep. know that. Absolutely. So, when we come back in orders now, what does it all mean? Does it mean something bigger, what's occurring this year in Toronto with Raptors? Or has it already been occurring? This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 123 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Special shout out to our friends listening in Kingston today. Uh, this text comes in. What's the biggest takeaway uh, from the Raptors run? It's it'll teach hockey guys actually how to do sports for those that actually know what to look for. Load management, I believe, is what this texter's referring to. A Canadian team can now win a Stanley Cup much sooner, in my opinion, if they follow the same path. Load management. Look at Boston and Tukarask and the splitting of the goaltending that occurred this year with Halak. And well, hang on. Lots of teams are splitting their goalies here. Okay. Well, Lots of what about what? about with uh, top end? I mean, look at how Kawhi was handled this year. Okay, now that's a different thing. Find me a team that sits out Patrice Bergeron or Connor McDavid when they're completely healthy. So so let's say Connor McDavid only plays 70 games a year now. And they they strategically choose 12 games. Well, I would pick 12 U.S. cities. I'd say screw them. Well, the problem is, like, that's the issue, and it was in basketball, is people spend a lot of money to see Kawhi when he comes to town, and now he's not playing. Yeah. You know that hurts. By the way, the Raptors went 15 and five without Kawhi this yeah. year, so they're a pretty good team yeah. without him. And B, you need to be a good enough team that you can still win with. So the guy. Raptors have done a, a terrific job uh, building that team. There's there's no question. Mm-hmm. And then there was some big, you know, big big risks taken. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I mean, yeah, sure, he's done a good job with that right. team. He got the better player in the deal. There's no guarantee Kawhi stays there. Nope. Right, but if they at this point he's, you know, at this point what does what good trade? What does this mean for the? I mean, are we already seeing the, the 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 change given the amount of Canadians that have gone in the NBA draft over the last eight years or so? I mean, I forget the guy's name that Cleveland took number one out of. I think he was out of UNLV. He was a Canadian guy. Uh, Wiggins is a Canadian guy. Mm-hmm. The best of them a year ago at this time was seen as one or two is probably going to go three and that's is it JT Barrett is that his mm-hmm. Barrett yeah yep. so uh, anyway because Zion's obviously going to go number one but um, anyhow well, listen basketball's a, there's a few things going on with sports in Canada one hockey's expensive hockey's expensive right okay two a changing demographic in our society there's way more eligible young athletes who aren't born here yeah. So they don't have parents like you and me who say who put a pair of skates on their kid when they're two years old. Yeah. You know, when you come when you come from an African country, you give your kid a soccer ball or a basketball when he's two years old. Yeah. And these kids are growing up as Canadians, right? Okay. We have two minutes left. 
St. Louis plays Boston tomorrow. It's going to be Game 7. Did the Blues spit the bit at home there? Did they miss their opportunity? Well, they missed an opportunity. But I mean, I'm going to tell you, two teams this even, if Boston can walk into St. Louis and do what they did, St. Louis can walk into Boston and do the same thing. I agree. I got more faith in Tuka Rask. There you He's go. the backbone here. It's an unbelievable and, story. Jordan Biddington was telling guys last year at a wedding, okay, guys in the NHL, mm-hmm. that this was the last year he was going to play. And if he didn't get into the NHL this year, he was going to retire at the NHL season. <laughs> well, good timing by him. Um, I have, I, I still go by the words of Elliot Friedman. Don't bet against Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. In a Game 7 at home in Boston, I have a hard time betting against Patrice Bergeron. I'm not a guy that cheers, but I will say this. Boston's had so much success. I kind of cheer for the fans in St. Louis. Yeah. I'd like to see them get... Well, we also the personally franchise. know more of the guys from St. Louis, Yeah, too, we right? know a couple guys in so St. Like, Louis, but, and I'd like to see Pareko and Bo Meester and those guys win, for sure, but I'd like to see Jake DeBrusque win a cup, too. Sure. You know, so... I'm not as worried about that. We know lots of guys around the league. They're all going to, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. I think the St. Louis franchise that hasn't had a sniff at the cup since 1970, it'd be nice to see him get a cup. Mark, 18 games. Uh, we've gone an hour into the show here. We've got Hacks with Hags. You're going to hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, I'll hang around for Hacks. But I'm going to uh, give me, so CFL schedule kicks off this weekend. Yeah, uh, Montreal's we, until we, Friday night. We can probably get rid of that winter schedule. It's been uh, permanently on etched in block. Yes, on the whiteboard. Uh, so the Eskimo- Who's coaching the Alouettes on Friday night? I don't know. Cavis Reed? Is he coach? <laughs> I'll tell you, Cavis is one of the nicest. I Cavis is one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. But there seems to be some drama that follows that oh. era. So that franchise is... What's the Eskimo record going to be? What's the Eskimo record going to be? They play, what, 18 yeah. meaningfuls? I think I went 12 and 6 last year, so I missed by quite a bit. Because what were they, 9, nine and 9? 10 and 8. 10 and 8 last year? Okay. No, they're 10 and 8. I'm saying they're 10 and 8 this year. I don't well, that makes for terrible radio. It's best I got. 10 and 8, but you're going with McClellan as a winger. Uh, off to... Uh, Did his best work there. Yeah, uh, you would say probably as a left winger. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodoin. And when we come back, Joe Haggerty. Hacks with Hags and Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.